Good afternoon. I am Leon Davis, and this is Altitude Adjustment. Uh, I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. It is Saturday, November the 24th at 2 p.m. And today's topic, well, let me say first, uh, there were several um, tragedies for the past week. And as always, my best goes out to those people involved and the people that support those people involved. Um, one I want to draw particular attention to this week uh, is the fires in California. Um, I want to make mention that we as uh, inhabitants need to be ext extremely careful about taking care of the planet that we've inherited as it is, as we know, the only place that we can live at this particular time. So that's pretty important. Um, this week's podcast is going to be about role models now a note on that is uh, last week i was supposed to do this podcast about role models and i was doing it remotely i have um uh, i developed a relationship with the owner of um, miss piggy's smokehouse and she has allowed me or they have allowed me to do my podcast from their facility and so I, last week, I had an opportunity to learn quite a few lessons, and I was not quite as successful as I'd like to have been uh, getting that podcast done. And so I'm having to uh, redo that podcast this week, and that's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Adjustment. Adjustment. Okay, so now, um, just for grins, the definition of a role model is a person looked to by others as an example to be imitated. Now, um, that has become significantly significant to me over the past years. Uh, normally, when I think of role models, and, and I'm guessing that most people is the same way, um, when you think of a role model, you think of something that um, for children or to look up to to emulate, to, um, if and they're in a, an environment where they're not, you know, having access to successful people, um, that it gives them an opportunity to see what behavior is important for success. Uh, it gives them a, a broader idea of how to behave. So, you grow up in a, in a household and there are things that you learn in the household and there are things that um, are important in every other person's household that you may not get necessarily access to immediately. But role models allow for uh, you or children to or people to experience or see other behaviors that will help them to develop into better, well-rounded people. Now, as I mentioned, role models when I mentioned the term role models, most people would probably immediately go to uh, children, something for children. And we don't hear a lot about role models uh, recently. Um, but again, I'm not, I don't work with children so much on a regular level, so I'm not going to be exposed to that. But there are role models that are necessary for adults. And, and the last couple of years have really opened my eyes to that. Um, so, one of the things I think it's important is recognizing how a role model is important for adults. And you would think that uh, adults 
have an understanding of what behavior is acceptable and what behavior is unacceptable and how to present themselves. And it has come to my attention that um, that expectation may not be, um, it's not shared. And um, it's taken, we have taken for granted for so long, we've had people in uh, the role of the president who have pretty much lived up to a particular code of behavior during my lifetime. So I, I can't speak to, I mean, I know there are uh, presidents who have um, had challenges to being what we consider presidential, but during my lifetime, lifetime, all of the presidents that I have encountered at least had some level of behavior or decorum that I could recognize. Now, this is not an attempt to bash the current president. It is just to examine the role of a, a president or the role of a person or a leader who has uh, the, the public forum, who has all of the uh, attention sh uh, sh spotlight shined on them and their behavior and how that affects society in general. And so the, the, the current occupant of the White House has a different idea of, of adult behavior, has a different idea of how to proceed to get things done. And I, I think I've mentioned this in a different podcast that uh, some people see process over, or I'm sorry, see um, uh, uh, it jumped right out of my mind. They, they see results over process. And I think that they go together. To me, process and, and results go together. Just getting things done is not just the best way to do things because if you leave in your wake uh, a lot of destruction and hard feelings and anger and animosity, just getting the job done, what have you done for the long term? So... Um, there, you've built up resentment in all of the people that you stepped on or all the people that you've trampled to get things done. And so the, the results may be short-lived because uh, people have a tendency to sometimes push back simply uh, even though uh, um, the results were good, they, uh, they did not like the process by which the results were achieved. And that's important. And, and it's difficult to say, well, they should just uh, knuckle under and accept it because the results were what they wanted. And actually, the results are only a part of what they wanted. The process is just as important to people because it gives them a buy-in. Uh, buy it gives them ownership of the results. So if the results get done and uh, other people don't feel a part of the process then the results aren't not as effective and you, you really didn't do the job. Uh, so it is important for people or for us as a society to have role models in positions. Um, so to reinforce what we see as acceptable and ideal behavior in a society, we, we don't want adults uh, every time they get angry to lash out that is, un is unproductive because it creates this um, tension 
where people push back against each other and they force each they force the other person in trying to get the results that they want to to drag people into um, getting things done or pushing or uh, bullying people to get things done. And uh, then keep in mind, there are more there's usually more than one way to get things done and usually more ways to to see results of things. And when you use brute force, when you use brute force, you are saying to the people around you or the people that you're trying to uh, work through or work around or work over to get these results, that they're insignificant, that that they are not important enough to be considered in getting the job done and that the only way to get the job done is for for me to force my way or force my um, ideas or my processes on you to get the results I want, regardless of what you what your part in this is. So if a president. And I'm just taking this as an example because it's a it's in the news and uh, uh it's a, I think it's an example that can register is that a president tries to accomplish something. I mean, so Congress has its. Uh, tasks or it has its pri its priorities outlined and the president has theirs and then there has to be some overlap and there and they have to work with each other to get things done. If a president uses brute force all the time. Uh, in some cases, I'm, I'm guessing that there are the need to be forceful in how you present your case and, and moving things along is necessary. But it can't be in all cases. In all cases, when you use brute force, you are going to create animosities and you're going to create backlash. And it may not come up in that negotiation. It may not come up in that particular situation. But it will come up somewhere down the line. It won't go away. It does not just disappear uh, when you beat and badger and bully your way into your results. It will come back. Um, and so uh, if it, when the president is trying to work to achieve something, one of the things that uh, I've always found in a president is finding some way to, and I'm not saying um, it, it's always been the case, but it's just been generally the case that they work to negotiate. And negotiation is uh, give and take. Now, that's my understanding. If you walk away from a negotiation and one side of the table feels they were forced or beaten into submission, that's not a negotiation. That is that is not achieving something with um, all parties involved. And, and everyone should walk away from a negotiation feeling that they've gotten something, that they've gotten something that they wanted and that we're that you're moving things in a, in a good direction. And when they don't then there's going to be resentment and that resentment is going to show up in the next negotiation and the next negotiation until it becomes a behavior. And I think that that appears to be where we have reached at this particular point in our national politics politics in that um, 
sides have entrenched themselves saying that um, we have not gotten fair representation or we've not gotten um, fair negotiations in in how we've implemented things in our society. And so now everyone has, or I can say everyone, but so, so we're having to try to reestablish what is fair, what is a good negotiation? How, how do we not make everything um, uh, your way or my way or the highway kind of negotiating process? If, and it, it's, it's interesting that there's such, there seems to be, and, and ideal, ideally, ideologically, um, there is these big differences, and and I, that puzzles me to a point. Um, and and I don't know if that's a part of the negotiating process, which is why those ideologies are so far apart from each other. But if you understand what you're trying to achieve, and both parties understand the goal of of what you're trying to achieve and how to get there, then it becomes more about process than what you want to achieve. But it appears in our current political environment, it's more about what you want to achieve than how do we get there. So so the ideologies are so far apart. Um, so either we've not done a very good job of helping each other understand why we believe in the ideologies that we have, or we've just ignored that and decided that it's not about negotiation. It's about getting my way. And so I think role models should be there to help us see that um, getting things your way um, is, is not always going to be beneficial and it's not always going to be helpful. And um, so I, I, I realize that adults now need role models. One of the things that uh, disappointed me was um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters. Um, she encouraged people to go after people that she disagreed with um, and to harass them. And it wasn't about negotiating. It was actual harassment. It was actual making them un their life unpleasant as a negotiation tactic. Um, being a legislator is a job. Now, they are serving the public. They are there to serve the public, but it is a job. It is something that you're elected to and you're paid for and results are expected of you. Um, along with it being a job, there is a work environment. Your work environment is, uh, for uh, the legislature, the national legislature, is Washington, D.C. It is the halls of Congress. Um, it is not a service station. It is not a restaurant. Um, those are times when you are preparing to go back to work. And the expectation is, is that you handle work issues in the work environment. So 
Um, it is not a 24 seven job where you are on call at any moment and are responsible for under knowing the latest um, at any moment of the day. Um, so encouraging people to breach the private public aspect of their job is is of no benefit to anyone. It says that uh, there are no boundaries and that if I disagree with you or if I don't particularly like things that you say or do, that um, I can express my anger, displeasure, distrust in any setting, any environment, anytime, anywhere, and almost in any way that I choose. And um, so I was really disappointed in that. Um, whether you, whether I agree with uh, there are reasons for wanting to do that, it does not matter if the, the process is poisoned by doing things that are really unethical. And I think it's unethical to approach someone on their off time. When, when they're trying to just live their life, they have, um, doing the job does not make you, um, uh, doing that job does not make you 24 hours accessible to your constituents or people who have a political bone to pick with you. Um, you have an office, <clears throat> you have a work area, uh, uh, where you can work and that's the appropriate time and place for that to be handled. Uh, so um, it's not a it's not a right or left issue. And, and I'm, I find it interesting that how we divided politics. Um, but one thing I think is important is that if we lose the human aspect of it, if we lose the the aspect where that's a person that you're dealing with and whether you like that person or not, there are people that you are not going to like in your job. Um, but that does not give you license to um, treat that person without some form of respect or respecting that, that they have a personal life outside of work. Um, and, and, I, and I think that it's important that we make sure that we don't do that. Now, um, uh, Maxine Waters is a, a potential role model. She does have a camera and a microphone pointed at her and her, her actions, her behavior uh, is going to be looked at and, and picked over and analyzed and someone someplace, whether her, whether her, her constituents or um, school age kids who are going to become voters or legislators are going to see that behavior. And as we've seen in things like um, precedent in court cases, um, people will go back to that. If you've done that, if we've if we've said, you know, attack the uh, uh, people that we disagree with in service stations and restaurants, um, someone maybe down the road a few years or a few months is going to look back and say, uh, we did it then. You know, why can't we do it now? So so we have to moderate our behavior. And I believe um, people have to be held responsible for the things that they say and do. And 
uh, for a while, there were a lot of, uh, there were several, I don't say a lot of, I try to be careful about that, but uh, several people who openly said they don't want to be a role model. They wanted to, they were uh, professional figures uh, and they had microphones uh, pointed at them and they had televisions pointed at them and they said, I don't want to be a role model. And the, the difficulty I think there is, if you step into a role where there's a microphone and a camera or an, and or a camera pointed at you um, and you make that conscious choice to be there, um, it is not about what you want. There is a certain level of responsibility that you accept by stepping into that position. Um, you have a chance to make the choice to do something different. But if you decide to do that, then there are expectations placed upon you for doing that. Now, being a role model is something difficult because your life is analyzed and it is broken down and people are trying to hold you accountable for a certain behavior, which you may not be accustomed to doing, exhibiting a behavior that you're not accustomed to putting forth. And you are going to stumble and fall on occasion, as we know that people um while we may mean well it there are many things that you can say or do that people would misinterpret and and when when they do you're going to take heat for that and your explanation is not going to be believed because some people um, don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt but that is a part of being in um, the public eye. That is a part of being in, in a position where a camera and a microphone is, pre is presented to you. And um, so, so there is that expectation. And um, one of the, I want to say, um, difficulties of being in the spotlight is that um, you you are opened up to more scrutiny and um, so so we're in in our politics especially in um, presidential politics I want to start with that one um, because of the nature of that position, because of the nature of the power granted to that individual, there is going to be more asked of that individual in <clears throat> opening up their life to scrutiny. So the more power or the more influence that you have on events that um, impact a larger group of people, the more likely people are going to want to um, scrutinize or examine your um, 
behavior. And so I, um, so I think that people accept accepting those positions actually because uh, nobody gets elected president um, without accepting running for president. So if you understand that um, or or Congress person, Congress yeah, person or uh, rep House representative person, um, those aren't those aren't jobs you just get one day you walk in and somebody hands it to you. Um, you actually have to pursue that. So if you're pursuing that position, it, it comes with certain um, liabilities. Uh, and I, I don't want to call them liabilities. It comes with certain responsibilities as far as providing information, as far as um, providing uh, access to yourself and to your life. Um, and so I think it's difficult for someone who pursues that to um, then want to be uh, off the radar, not uh, live up to the responsibility to the people that they represent of giving certain information. And, and we all have different ideas about the information that we like to provide, that what, what we would like to see as public and what we wouldn't uh, some of it's just pretty much um, when you are, uh, when your life is opened up like that there are things that are just going to be embarrassing things are people are embarrassed by different things and um, so so I think it's it's interesting or I think we have to be conscious of what we are asking of our representative and how, what kind of information they do provide so that we're not uh, getting into too personal, but we, but some personal things uh, are, are necessary. And, and um, um, I can't think of necessarily anything at this particular point that we ask of our representatives to reveal that is so revealing or that is so personal as to uh, breach uh, some level of um, and uh, personal protections for that uh, individual. So, um, role models are important, and the people who step forward to represent other people, whether you acknowledge being a role model or not you are and presenting yourself in such a way in your negotiations in your um, interpersonal relationships with people that you work with is extremely important and needs to be considered before um, making statements or uh, approving actions or espousing ideas uh, about um, people and others and realizing that um, it may go much further than you had anticipated 
and other people may be emboldened who otherwise um, are going to would not have been emboldened by your behavior. And um, we have to be conscious of are we advocating um, violence towards each other uh, in the process of trying to um, espouse our political beliefs and trying to achieve a, a more perfect union. Uh, when you have 300 uh, and 300 million people, you're going to have 300 million different ideas and 300 different million ways in order to achieve those ideas. And um, force is not usually the best way. Um, it has short term gain um, and uh, usually will unravel somewhere down the road. Um, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining me this afternoon. And um, I will be taking off the month of December. This is the last podcast until January. I want to thank you. Uh, you can always f find my podcast on my YouTube channel. But again, thank you very much. I will be coming back at you in January. That concludes this uh, episode. Now, the video podcast is available on YouTube. All you need to do is a YouTube search for Lion's Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store. Please consider supporting the podcast by visiting Anchor.fm slash Altitude-Adjustment2. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. Please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, but above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you. Happy holidays to everyone. I look forward to getting back with you after the new year. <laughs>